0: Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, does Kyle have enough time to get right?
1: And yes, the answer is yes. The third deserved the money.
0: And last but not least, and for the culture, ooh, the Jets can't get, they can't get right. We'll talk about all that. It's ATL Day Ones, let's go.
1: This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts
0: now. I want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day 1's your first listener of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit fanduelcom Today to get started. ATL Day Ones is also part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day coming up in ten minutes. Um, Jesse Bates the third might just be worth it. We'll talk about that. But first, T. The Braves split the doubleheader yesterday with the Philadelphia Phillies, and the magic number is down to four. But I think that when you think about the significance of yesterday, um, outside of, you know, the Matt Olson home run, we'll get to that in a second, and Ronald Acuna just just making history around this bad boy. You got to say that, hey, Kyle Wright, although he had a rough, uh, rough outing, but it was good to see him get back out on the mound.
1: Yeah. And I think ahead of, you know, the the postseason, we're talking about mid-September at this point. So there right. may be some more opportunities, we'll say, for him to tune up. But what I liked about it is, like you said, just seeing him. And they, you know, the the Braves played a little chess, right? Because right. they brought two uh two pitchers up and did not announce a starter until it was like right there at the last moment. But yeah, yeah. I, I believe that Jackson although Stevens got, mm-hmm. Jackson Stevens, I was mm-hmm. I was thinking like, was it Jackson Stevens? Because I I, yep. was, I know mm-hmm. he does relieve too. But um, th- my thought on Kyle Wright is, yeah, I think it's good to see him. I think it's the right move. I mean, I kind of wished it was somewhere else, meaning like I wished it was another, you know, series. Maybe, because this one, this one is not, this one is pseudo important, right? Because... Yeah. I mean, and we'll talk about it in a second, but it's pseudo important in that it's still division. It's a still a division rivalry and no, you're not going to catch like the Phillies are never going to catch the Braves. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is right. Yeah. Not going to happen. But you know, when you talk about head to head matchups, it's still not out of the question for the Dodgers to catch the Braves. And so every game really does count because If they end up somehow miraculously with the same record, then that's where you're going to start going head to head matchups and who won the most games against them. So that's why I still was like, eh, maybe not this series, but the Braves are more than capable of getting what they need out of him. I feel like five or six days from now, um, when he when he returns, I just wished also a uh, little bit of taxing of the bullpen a little sooner
0: than we would have wanted, but it's it's all good. Good to see Kyle back overall. Yeah, and I think that with 18 games left, like you yes. said, you get a few more starts, like mm-hmm. probably t- between two and three more starts before the season gets um, is out. You know, and yes. I think that you know hopefully that can be enough for him to get tuned up to be ready for the postseason. Not necessarily to be a starter, but right. definitely to, you know, be a guy hey, to give you some long relief um, at, at some point.
1: And you have the wild card round, you know, so that's a great opportunity as well for just that extra rest. But he's right. already called up. And I would say, Jarvis, I don't know if you agree, but I think he's called up for good. I, I don't oh, yeah. expect yeah, them to back send back him to back. back to Gwinnett. Yeah, I
0: don't yeah. I don't see that. I don't foresee that happen because, like you said, it's, it's towards the end of the season and you need to see what, what, what he's going to be able to work with so you can kind of have, come up with a plan during, during the playoff to say, you know what, hey, we're, we're in this bad boy for the long run, so mm-hmm. here's how we're going to be able to use you as we go along. So I think that Allison yeah. Toppers and Brian Snicker are definitely going to have a plan set for them. Now, speaking of plan. Um, Ronald Cunha's plans on hitting this 40-40 club here soon, T. Like, <laughs> this dude, do what, four home runs away right now? Like, nice. like and this would be the, and it's only what been done, I think, since Alfonso Sarayona was the last person who actually, um, who did the, who hit the 40-40 club. So, yeah. yeah, Talk about just Ronald Acuna just being in this space to be able to accomplish something, not only 30-60, but like 40-40, that is a yeah. very exclusive club.
1: Exactly. And you know, I I don't think we've actually talked about this part of it, but I just want to say this. I have heard some, I'm going to just call them haters. I have heard some haters try to do, you know, it's the similar, similar to what people did to Tyler Algier last year, trying to debunk. What he did as far as his thousand yard season. Oh, he had 17 games. So that doesn't really count. Yeah, it does. Because first of all, he only played 16. Let's just start there. And second Mm -hmm. of all, he didn't make the rules. So a thousand is a thousand is a thousand point blank period. Same thing for Ronda DeCunha Jr. And might I say, can
0: I add to that T? If, if it wasn't that big of a deal, why hasn't it been done since 1979? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, on, what are we talking it's, about here? Man?
1: Right. So that's the thing. <laughs> and to your point, that hasn't been done since 1979. And then you look at what Ronald Acuna has been able to do. There are only a couple of other players in MLB history to hit 20-plus home r- runs and 65 stolen bases, which he's coming up on. That's Ricky oh. Henderson, Eric Davis- and Joe Morgan and Ronald Acuna Jr. is actually the only man to do so with 30 plus home runs out of that group. Right. right and right. so when you think about history and how long major league baseball has existed and the fact that there have been some adjustments to make it more feasible for pitchers, more, you know, it, some adjustments for pitch, pitching now, I know they have done it for hitters as well, but my mm-hmm. point being, don't don't. There have been some people trying to minimize it to say, "Hey, he had a longer season," and just so the the you know bases and how they're positioned. Again, he didn't make the rules. He's just right. abiding by them and taking advantage of them. But but when you have margins like that, home run margins like that, stolen bases margins like that, what that does tell me is he would have done it in any era.
0: So yeah. stop hating. Absolutely, yeah. Like like, please like. Yes, exactly what all of what Tanisha Batiste said. Speaking of, you know, like not necessarily hating, but you know, like um, Matt Olson is hitting hit fifty home runs uh, yesterday. T he's yes. one home run away from breaking Andrew Jones's franchise record of fifty one yes. home runs. Back in two thousand and five, that was a, a great season for everybody back in back, back then seasonally. So yeah, um, how about you know just Olson just being able to just quietly just hey I hit fifty home runs and how cool was it to see Kyle Schwarber actually going out and get the ball, getting that uh, fifty home fiftieth home run ball from the fan and kind of negotiating a little bit. Like, hey, I got a ball for you. You know, here you go, take this ball. So I think that, I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, very very classy move, and it tells you. When you think of Braves Phillies, you don't think of enmity, you know. You don't think of nastiness Absolutely the way, not. like, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have wanted to see this happen in, in Queens because I, I don't think the mess with have mess fan would have given the ball back. I'm just saying. Nah, so I'm, yeah. I'm glad come that it happened. Yeah,
0: you know,
1: <laughs> right? There, there would have been some real negotiating had one of their fans picked it up. I'm convinced, but yeah, that was such a cool move. And I would like to say too for the NL Player of the Week, Matt Olson, that I am going to raise my hand and reset my second half MVP. You're the Braves team MVP, I believe, because we Ronald Acuña Jr. NL MVP. So hey, let's I'm spread right. a little love I'm around, right? Around, yes. Yeah, but we <laughs> said and we really thought that it would have to be Austin Riley who would have to pick up the pace completely in the second half. And Austin Riley has picked up his pace. Michael Harris II has picked up his pace. So many have picked up their pace, but this guy He's really picked up the pace. So he's the second half MVP. I feel like, like you said, with just 18 games left. I don't see him not breaking that record and maybe even approaching 60. Unreal.
0: Ooh, that'd be that would be absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And have multiple guys on, on your in your lineup to be able to just break records like that. Right.
1: And this then is, just having yeah. right and then not just being the major league leader in home runs, but you're the major league leader in RBI. So that also speaks to, you're going to drive a run in. It doesn't always have to be the long ball. If guys in front of you can get on base, you're going to make it happen where they're able to to drive. You're able to drive runs in. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right, and and you've got two speedsters. So Acuna Jr. and Albies, Ozzy Albies, they're going to get on base for you uh, most of the time, right? And Mm -hmm. so if you can just get Austin Riley. To sometimes he'll he'll drive them home, but a lot of times it's Matt Olson in that cleanup spot. So yeah, I think that's an incredible stat as well. We look at the home runs, but don't forget about the RBI.
0: Absolutely, and we now, don't forget about the Braves taking on in the third game of this series. They can knock that magic number down to two. Max Free is on the mound taking on Zach Wheeler. We know. You understand who Zach Willie is and what he's able to do. So they will be first pitch tonight at 640 um, yeah. right on Ballet Sports South. So yeah, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on that. Folks, I'm going to let you know that this episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook because it is the number one sportsbook in America. Guess what, guys? For all your new customers, they got this really special deal for you. So listen up and listen closely. Right now, you can get bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets. Guarantee, Yes, 200 in bonus bets that you can use from anything or from the money line, the over-unders, player props, all that stuff. You think Tyler Algier is going to get over 100 yards rushing? Yeah, go ahead and go to fanduel.com slash locked on right now. Plus, not only that, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. So if you're in Washington, D.C. and you want to check out your Falcons, go to that right now and get that money off. Because, hey, anywhere you can save a dollar or a buck, you better go ahead and do it because who knows inflation is real right around here. So visit fanDu.com slash locked on and carry off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, the official sportsman betty partner of the NFL.
1: And speaking of offers that you don't want to miss when Jesse Bates got an offer from the Falcons. It was one that he said, hey, I believe in what is being built down there. So I'm going to part ways with the Cincinnati Bengals, whom he spent five seasons with. And again, if we're being honest, we have not talked a lot about the secondary because it really has been hashtag past rush matters. So Mm -hmm. there was a good reason with what we had seen across the last five years. And I would say you've seen even longer because it goes back, some people will say it goes back to the John Abraham era when you really saw a pass rush for the Falcons. Right. Yeah. So that's that's why we have spent so much time really focusing on what's happening up front. Also, we did it because we were confident about what was going to happen in the, in the secondary. Well, mm-hmm. Jesse Bates... Absolutely confirm that for us. I mean, it's so funny because the words, I I just want to read this really quickly. And this is from Pro Football Focus. Bates signed with the Falcons as a free agent this offseason. He enjoyed about as good a debut as you can imagine, picking off two passes, finishing the game with a 92.9 coverage grade. Out of this world, out of this world. So, yeah, I just feel like sometimes we look and we're like, oh, wow, that was that was a high cost to pay for Jesse Bates the third. Oh, I think mm-hmm. he already earned checks.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah, If he can, not necessarily asking him to have two picks a game, you know, like so. Lord and knows. And of course, I'm what? Thirty, 30 well, four picks, right. you know, in a season would be absolutely right. amazing. Yes, no doubt about it. Yes, but but to just see the type of player that he is, and I want to go. I want to go back to you know, before the Falcons were even thinking about signing them because I was staunchly against it just for the reasons you laid out because I am used to the Falcons not being able to rush the passer and I know what effective pass rushers can do for a back end of a defense. It can hide a lot of things but I, I think that when you fast forward to after the game when I got a chance to talk to Jesse and I was just like, man, like, what is it? Like, what, what are some of the things that you saw on tape? That helped you be in those in the right position to pick those balls off because essentially they were same type. It was the same type throw, you know, right there on the hash. And, and Jesse kind of just broke that bad boy down just from a film standpoint. Just say, hey, we we saw this. This is what we realized. And then I knew <clears throat> once that um, once that ball was snapped, I knew exactly where he was going, and I was just sitting right there waiting on him. So those are some of the type of things that I feel like that's what changes opinions, right? Because you know, I use facts. Just Simple um, facts that you know that are what I've I've seen to change the way I think about you know uh uh, Jesse Bates in particular because like I always say hey hashtag pass rush matters like I'm gonna stick to that moniker till I leave this earth but in this particular situation T like that 16 million is looking like a bargain because to be honest with you he's the reason why they won the game. Oh, yeah, (laughs) no question. Because the offense was able to score off of of those turnovers. So he just, like, he gave them a short field. That makes the difference. That's the difference when you talk about uh, between teams who can't really rush the passer that well, Mm -hmm. but they can turn teams over. Yep. If that's the identity, I'm all for it. <laughs> and we talked about that. That was one of the keys to the yep. game was
1: for mm-hmm. the defense to make sure they gave Desmond Ritter a short field to work with so that when they got yep. in that red zone, they could actually produce touchdowns. And that is exactly what happened. And that's what you need to see again. And you need to see it up front and early. We'll start talking about week two's game against the Packers because we saw them light up the Bears. Right. Yep. 38 to 20. So Justin mm-hmm. Love, I mean, uh, he's coming from. He's coming for blood. So, yeah. you know, they definitely have to be prepared. But a guy like Jesse Bates the third, who gave us a little scare at the end of the game, but wanted to come back out, I believe, just to make a statement to say, no, I'm good, I'm here, and I can appreciate that kind of effort because that's also something that I feel like spurs on your teammates. But you know what else I like uh, about him? I like the fact that when I looked down the stat line, I also saw 10 tackles, and I also saw Five solo tackles. So to me, that means he's looking at it as a united front for the defense. Like, yeah, if you happen to get to the second level, I got something for you. So I really Mm -hmm. appreciate that as well, because that also shows me that there is, you know, physicality that that we're going to see out of him, no matter you know where he's lined up and no matter who's coming his way. So I think that's another thing that I really wanted to point out. For him and Jordan Love, excuse me, I said Justin, but it's Jordan. Jordan Love, but yeah, know that's you another mean. thing that I want to, you know, pay attention to because, like you said, if there's help that needs to be brought anywhere, you'd like to think that on that second level, if a, a receiver or even a running back gets past the de- the defensive line, that yeah, somebody's
0: waiting on him. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like when you talk about the the free safety being that guy the last line of defense essentially but he's like the cleanup man like you know if anything going yeah. on up front that might be yep. might be wrong I'm I'm cleaning that bad boy up and he yeah. was just all over the field like three was just everywhere yeah. <laughs> I'm just like man this dude is everywhere so when you think about you know the type of player or type of the caliber of player uh, Terry Fontenot decided and Arthur Smith decided to bring in you really really get a good picture into Um, what he's capable of And, and you understand why this dude wasn't all pro.
1: Yeah, indeed, indeed. And, you know, when you look across the whole defense, that's kind of where your mind goes, right? Like, because he had an unbelievable game, but since we have talked a lot about the fact that pass rush matters, let's talk about the rest of the defense and whether or not, Jarvis, you had any glaring concerns of what you saw in game one.
0: You know, to be honest with you, T, like, one of the things that I've, you know, that I really, I liked when they brought Calais Campbell in, right? And because, and he said one of the reasons why he came here was because, hey, they were going to allow him to play defensive end. Yep. And to be honest with you, I I love Calais to death, but I just don't, I don't know if that's going to be something that's going to be effective for you. And Mm -hmm. because here's the reason why I say that. Arne Katie hardly played at all. I think he was like if uh, if I remember correctly I think he's uh let me check it right here I got it um I think he only played 23 snaps you know on 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 Sunday so when you think about your second round guy that mm-hmm. you brought in to rush the passer the guy who changed his number for whatever reason you know mm-hmm. uh, and and he just wasn't a part of uh, of that of that rotation that you thought he was going to be, especially yeah. on, on 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 pass rush down, because Zach Harrison right. actually played more than him. T he well, did,
1: is, yes, yeah
0: And I was just like, okay, this this kind of this kind of scares me because, like you said, like this guy was brought in for specifically. He was drafted here by this regime to come in and rush the passer. And when you got a thirty seven year thirty eight or thirty eight year old defensive end, excuse me, taking snaps from him. Like literally pass rush snaps from him, you know, get to the quarterback snaps from him, that's not a good look. And that's my biggest concern as far as, you know, from from Sunday. I was just like, because once once Bryce Young started to get a little comfortable in that pocket, yes, I'm gonna rock the ball around. He was completing yeah. passes, he was getting there. Of course he had a couple air throws, a couple of turnovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. But if you give any NFL caliber type quarterback time to throw, they're gonna make you look. They're gonna make you look silly, and yep. that's exactly what Young did from time to time. Because the the uh, the Panthers, they mm-hmm. had the Falcons' defense on their heels for a second. They had to figure yes. that thing out, and and yeah. and then, but Ryan Nielsen made the necessary adjustments towards the end, mm-hmm. you know, and start and started putting pressure on the young quarterback. So yeah, I think that you know, that's my biggest my biggest thing. I'm sitting here like, okay, on the on not playing that much. And this dude, needs to he needs as many snaps as possible to be able to get home. And if you got a guy of Kalea Campbell's ilk taking those snaps from him, that might tell you something about him as a player going forward.
1: Yeah, that was disappointing and a little bit puzzling because Ryan Nielsen was rotating so many players in and out. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it kind of like a <laughs> <Eastern laughs> of situation yeah. where, You're not going to get a lot of snaps because he's rotating players in and out. However, getting the multitude of snaps, that's what you want. You at least want to be the guy who, okay, if three of us rotated out, I want to be the guy in the one spot that got the most reps. And yeah, I I heard Zach Harrison's name far more on Sunday than I expected to, which is a good thing. That's that's not a bad thing because, you know, he's still a third rounder and that's still – that could still be a viable player, no different than your third round QB. Uh and the only other player, and it's not a concern, like I real just quick, wanted him to yeah,
0: I just want to correct something real quick. He played 23% of the snaps, not 23 snaps. 23% of the snaps, only 18 snaps. So yeah, that's yeah, that's that's yeah. kind of yeah, interesting.
1: <laughs> it it is actually, yeah, it it actually is because then the twenty-three percent actually gives an even better picture because right. that's yeah. saying. If there are four downs, for example, and we know, you know, it might be a three and out situation. Right. Right. But if there are four downs and the opposing team decides, hey, we're going to go for it on fourth and one or we're going to go for it on fourth and whatever. Only one of those four plays were you in. That is scary. And really less than one at 20. Less than one. Yeah. 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 If you, if you really want to, you know, slice it and dice it, but the other, that
0: it makes it, that makes it very clear.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the only other one I thought that's right. Clear, clear, clear as mud. But um, yeah, I would say the only other that I saw, and it's not, not a bad, he didn't have a bad game. I think it was just kind of up and down. And um, just a few times where I was a little shocked that Richie Grant kind of missed the assignment. But again, Mm. I'm not saying he had a bad game. I'm just saying that my expectation of him, has been a little bit higher because he kind of put oh, that out there. So I'm be. looking for you to show and prove, And I, I didn't feel like I got that from him on Sunday.
0: Yeah. Like it was kind of open field tackle yeah, yes. uh, that he missed there. So yeah, you, you being that he's a, a pretty solid tackler, you expect mm-hmm. him to make that play. And then also like since you talk about raised expectations, get, pick the ball off he <laughs> just yeah. said he was like hey man you know richard grant could could be the guy to get a couple picks as well so mm-hmm. you can tell that jesse is like really pushing him and i yeah. think that it's, some, it's definitely some some mentoring going on in that space and i think that that's exactly what uh richard grant needs but yeah go ahead and make yeah. the play get your name in the paper that's kind of where i'm at with it.
1: <laughs> no no i agree with you wholeheartedly because you you need to be that guy like Jesse Bates the third needs to feel like he's got a partner in crime. Like if Absolutely. he doesn't get after it for whatever reason, maybe he doesn't get the pick on this play. But you guys have figured out what that quarterback's gonna do the next play. Okay, Richie Grant, time to shine. Time Absolutely. to shine. So yeah, we'll we'll talk a little bit more tomorrow about the matchup between the Falcons and Packers is coming this Sunday. But hey, you guys, was there someone on defense? We we all know it's going to be Jesse Bates the third that you're going to say shined. So we'll just ask you the question like we posed to you yesterday, which is, did you see anyone on defense that maybe concerned you or any performance on defense that maybe concerned you a little bit? Drop a line, drop a note, let us know. Everydayers, you can drop it right there at YouTube when you're checking us out, or when you download ATL Day Ones, make sure that you download us right along with all the podcasts that you listen to.
0: But, T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. T, when we always make jokes about the New York Mets and how the Mets are going to met, um, I think. <laughs> oh, my God, New did you just nope? <laughs> I said. That's no, exactly what I said. We've been working together for quite some time. So I right. you know we got a little chemistry going on over here. Got it, right. When you think about the Jets, T, like, I think they need to be added to that category as well. Oh, yeah. Jeff yeah. jetted last night. Aaron Rodgers played four plays, T. The man limped off the field, and we ain't seen him no more. Now we understand why, because the dude got a ruptured Achilles, and he's done for the season. Yeah, all of this fanfare. I was watching Hard Knocks, trying to get uh, become a part of it and kind of figure it out, but Mm -hmm. it just never hit me quite like that because it was just something in my gut, something in my soul that was just saying, "Like the Jets ain't gonna do jack." I ain't think it was gonna be this. I think Aaron Rodgers coming out here just looking old. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And I thought about that,
1: like, okay, we can say it's the end of a season, and of course the Jets wouldn't come out and dare say anything until Aaron Rodgers says it. But you can't help but think is at the end of his career because he is older and coming back from a major injury like that is much more difficult as you get older and you're you know me. Your body's been doing what it's been doing for, what is it, 17 years for him? So I think that that's a a question. Now, the funny thing, of course, is this started spawning all kinds of questions like Zach Wilson ain't it. So, you know, there've been questions about Taylor Heineke, Matt Ryan. Those are some of the names that have been thrown out there to come and come back. But Zach Wilson, when I say he ain't it, just meaning that ultimately speaking, Uh,
0: Given where this team is He's not it Like they're trying to win a bowl this year
1: Yes And the thing about it is We kind of talked about that On our NFL Kickoff Live show Because of course uh, Kyle Krabs covers the Dolphins So he's keeping Mm -hmm. an eye out On what's going on in the AFC East and we tended to think okay it's probably going to be a battle royal between the bills and the dolphins to be quite honest we didn't really give the patriots much credit and we darn mm-hmm. sure didn't believe the jets are kind of like um you know buy it or sell it right but mm-hmm. yeah with no aaron rodgers it's like like you said the mets are going to met and the jets are going to jet in terms of things happening to them in unbelievable fashion now apparently the football angels did have some some compassion for the Jets because that run back on that punted overtime. Oh yeah. Xavier Gibson. Oh yes. He yeah. I said if okay bye was a person, he would be it. Cause he was off to the races.
0: And now he's now he was a good storyline that I actually caught on. I was like, okay, that was kind of cool on Hard Knocks. Like he,
1: yeah,
0: another and wide receiver. Can't, his name escapes me right now. They both of them made the team, and uh, yes. they were you know as undrafted guys. Like that is his percentages are very small for it, yes. for both of them to make it, it. I thought it was really cool. And and Gibson was a guy that you know he flashed in, in camp, and he was consistent. Mm-hmm. And all the veterans were talking about, hey man, this cat got something and Aaron Rodgers yeah. even took kindly to him as well. So for him to come out there in the opener and return that bad boy for, for a touchdown and, and overtime t that's, I know he's still kind of gleaming from that one yes. given, uh, given the situation. Right.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. And I will tell you not that, you know, we're going to go down the rabbit hole on any type of analysis, but. Let me say something about Josh Allen. <laughs> Him and those picks, him and those turnovers, that's got to that's got to stop.
0: But tea. We've seen this movie before.
1: That's what I'm saying. That's why I said it. That's this why I said not we're not to do analysis. Not a premiere. We've this, seen this yeah, before. this is who he. Yeah, this he is starting is. to become. This is who he is. Yes. So that's why you're looking at Tua Tunga-Vailoa and what he's looked like so far, especially having Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle to kind of cover up any you know mishaps or mistakes. And that takes nothing away from the receivers for the Bills. But I just had to point that out too. Like Xavier Gibson was able to get there and the Jets were able to get to overtime in large part to what Josh Allen did and didn't do. So we'll watch it and see how it goes for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah. Cause Josh, you got to get your life together, my brother. Cause uh, you got some stuff going on. Speaking of getting your lives together. How about this guys? Gentlemen, uh, listen up for a second. Just got a little public service announcement. You know, if you are uh, over 40, go ahead and get that prostate check. Because, you know, hey, it's that time of the year. Well, yeah. hey, there's going to be a lot of conversations being talked about it because I actually got a chance to take my father probably about a year or so ago now um, to get his done. And, you know, the relief that I saw on his face after he got back the results, like that's how I want to feel too when I go get mine. So, yeah, you guys, if you haven't gotten it done and you're over the age of 40, go ahead and make sure you get that bad boy check. Yeah, that's important.
1: And early detection for any form of cancer is always a good look. And no, we don't want you to have a diagnosis at all, but it's better to know if you do to catch it early so that you can work with your physicians and your surgeons to get you back to 100% complete health. So yeah, take seriously that September is the month, prostate cancer month for you guys to take care of you. Now we hope that the Braves take care of business because if they can get a split with the Phillies, they've got the NL East for the sixth straight season. So we'll be watching to see what Max Fried will do tonight. It'll be an interesting go around up there in Philly as he takes on Zach Wheeler. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about, and you know what? Might give you a little Hawks talk tomorrow. Come back and you'll see.
0: Oh, and last but not least, before we get out of here, make sure you guys share a little, Show love. Make sure you get stay around and get those tests done so you can stick around and spread some love. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Yes.